1: woman from Skin Atlas Lake was at Syracuse. I met her on spring break and fell head over heels in love with her and uh, gave up a starting job on the football team in Delaware to come up uh, uh, every weekend. Because I c- we're joined today by the CEO of Micron to celebrate their commitment to invest $100 billion <laughs> over the next 20 years. This country lost over 180,000 manufacturing jobs under the last guy that had this job. We've created 700,000 manufacturing jobs on my watch, adding manufacturing jobs at a faster rate than in 40 years. When I took office, the economy was in ruins. My predecessor was the first President since Herbert Hoover. Not a joke to lose jobs in the entirety of his administration, the first. Today, the most common price of gas in America is $3.39, down from over $5 when I took office. And then they're coming after Social Security. Now, it sounds like, you know, what's, there's Biden, that's typical Democrat saying Republicans are after Social Security. This is the one thing
3: they've said out loud.
1: They've written it down on pieces of paper.
3: Is it too much to ask for the fact checkers at Newsweek to maybe check the facts of that speech? He gave it yesterday. Their Newsweek's probably still too busy uh, rewriting the history of the summer of love in two thousand and twenty, all of, like I said yesterday, the lies, more audacious, more bra- the brazenness. He in this speech he talked about gas, the price of fuel being five dollars a gallon when he came into office, and how he's brought it down. It's exactly the opposite. You're listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the trumpet daily we appreciate you joining our growing audience to get to the live video stream. You go to our website. that's the trumpet.com. just go to the trumpet.com forward slash live and you can get to the live stream and to the programs that we post after the fact. If you'd prefer to listen on demand, we don't have a team of fact checkers here, but when he was saying that first bit about the beautiful woman that he fell in love with, I think it was his first wife that he was referring to there. And then, And then he loved her so much that he gave up a starting position on the Delaware football team. So maybe it's all true. I'm pretty sure, though, that Jill didn't write that part of the speech for him, his wife, his current wife. But just so many, if not factually incorrect, just a lot of bizarre statements. As we're coming to expect from those running for office today, so many demented people. And so many demented policies on full display. Sundance says here, will big tech and social media remove Joe Biden for violations of misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation? Because with all the whoppers, all the lies he told in that speech yesterday, you would think he would be in danger if it was fair. I mean, if if it was applied to both sides. Of course, now they're... There is a refreshing change happening at Twitter with Elon Musk taking charge, changing his his Twitter handle to Chief Twit. You have to love the guy that just trolls the radical left the way that he does. And who knows about what he really believes. I guess he has said he's voted for Republicans just recently. But here's another Democrat who is slowly but surely waking up to the fact that the country's under attack. He goes into Twitter yesterday, by the way, and he fires all the top executives on day one. So we'll see if Donald Trump ever returns to Twitter. Or uh, There's several others that have been banned as well. A lot of them shadow banned. A lot of them losing followers by every day. And he's, uh, he's promising to make some pretty big changes. But, but just going by the standards that got Donald Trump or Jordan Peterson or whoever else banned from Twitter... You would think that Joe Biden would be banned for all of the misinformation. And, and again, where are the fact checkers? The fact checkers, that are so, they're so quick that they rush to tell you that, well, it really wasn't Antifa that was bi- Antifa doesn't even exist. That's what your fact checkers are there to say today. And meanwhile, there's this. Every single day. The the more brazen and bold, the better, as far as they're concerned. Here's Mika and Donnie uh breaking it down. The big, the big speech on the economy and how much he's done. I mean, you would hear that speech yesterday and just assume that the economy is great guns. It's just exploding with growth. But here's Mika and Donnie over at MSNBC to, to try to help you understand how that it's still not resonating somewhat, and uh, here's why. This is clip seven. How is the Democratic message looking as the president really laid the groundwork yesterday? There's a lot to brag on, a lot of legislative
4: wins, a lot of growth, but there's the, the disconnect with some people that don't feel it. And unfortunately, the Republic, unfortunately, Obama's message that you played in the last hour were basically Democrats' messages, Roe v. Wade and fear of losing democracy, which are too pretty monstrous things to talk about are not Mm -hmm. bucking what people feel as they go to the gas pumps and that's unfortunate most people and i think already in the show jen talked about when she was canvassing going door to door to door those are issues we talk about they're not the kitchen table issues although they are the most important issues of our time
3: this conversation here it just highlights how out of touch these millionaires are They're not concerned about inflation and the cost of food and fuel and all of that. It's Roe v. Wade and losing democracy. And Donnie Deutsch can't figure out how that that's not more, you know, central to what most people in America are concerned about. Losing democracy, even as we come up to an election of all things, where these people are going to lose if the polls, if there's not cheating on a mass scale, and if the polls all right, they're terrified. Johnny Deutsch said as much. I don't know if you got that last clip, Sam, but where he, he said he's, he's frightened. Go with it then. You don't have it. Okay. <laughs> he said something like he's frightened or he's terrified that, uh, that they're going to lose in 10 days. It's going to be interesting, these next. But, but just think, too, about how politics today, how, how it functions for those on the radical left, the communist left, the Marxist left, It used to be you put forward your ideas in the hope that you'd get a majority of support and then win at the election time. Now it's these people lamenting the fact that, look, the most important issue is Roe v. Wade, and I can't understand why most people don't agree with me. You should agree with me. I'm Donnie Deutsch. I'm Mika Brzezinski. This is the way they think. These are not the words of people who are just out there rolling up their sleeves trying to get out a popular message and win at the election. These are the words of people who steal elections. These are the words of communists that have infiltrated the top tier of the United States government. And Donald Trump, of course, was the existential threat to that deep state back in 2016. I've been... uh, I haven't been getting to this story from the Epoch Times. Let me just bump, bump ahead to it because it's important. What, what Donald Trump was up against from the very beginning, it's, a, it's an FBI email. Pre- this is from Epoch Times. An FBI email previously not known to the public has revealed that the bureau planned to make Igor Danchenko the primary source for British former spy Christopher Steele's Trump dossier, a confidential human source, that's a CHS, before it had even interviewed Danchenko. So this is all happening. We've told you before about the significance of the transition there in the, in the month of January 2017. So Danchenko is the chief source of the dirty dossier, which was thoroughly debunked. And the, the FBI, the DOJ, made the reason they made him a confidential human source in January of 2017, just a week or two before Obama left office is because it would shield him from any kind of internal investigation. It's confidential. You can't They knew it was bogus from the very beginning, and Obama and his people were working to cover their tracks. And that's what the Mueller investigation was largely about. To go after Trump and to cover their own lawlessness. To cover their own criminal behavior. It says here, the newly discovered email was sent by FBI agent Kevin Helson to unknown recipients on January 12, 2017. The email's heading reads, plan to convert Danchenko into a CHS. They knew. They knew and they were trying to hide What they were doing before Donald Trump came into office. It says the move by the FBI who also directly coincided with President Barack Obama's wishes expressed during a January 5 White House intelligence briefing on the dossier that he wanted to withhold information from the incoming Trump administration. So all these talking heads today that are talking about democracy is coming under threat. Look at what was going on here behind the scenes. Look at what Obama and his people have gotten away with. Nobody's been held to account. They were trying, they knew this source was bogus. And you know what's more? Uh, General Flynn, he was coming in as, I think it's the national security advisor. He was asking some probing questions while the Trump team was in transition and preparing to, to, to take in or, or move into the White House. Flynn was saying, well, as they were briefing Trump, and again, Obama told them, now some of this you've got to keep from Trump because we're investigating him. We're spying on him. But we'll go ahead and brief him. We'll tell him a little bit about it. We'll, we'll tell him that he's not under investigation personally. Uh, but then, then General Flynn, he started asking the hard questions. Well, what about your, your sources? What about the subsources for this dossier? Is it, is there? Is it been verified, this information? They had, to get, they had to get Flynn out as soon as possible, and it happened. Comey set him up. Remember Comey? I sent over a couple of agents. They were still unpacking boxes, just kind of moving in. Comey got to Flynn by the end of the month. The end of January 2017 destroyed that man, destroyed his career, because he would have exposed them. He would have exposed their, their so-called sources, trying to make Danchenko a confidential source on January 12, 2017. It, does Donnie Deutsch care about this story? Do, what about Mika? What about, what about Joe Scarborough? Does, does any of this bother them? Does any of this seem democratic? It says here, a member of Trump's team reported to have been General Michael Flynn, asked whether the FBI had dug into Steele's subsources. If the questions were indeed posed by Flynn, it may have precipitated his subsequent demise at the hands of Comey. Once again, Comey would stay behind to brief Trump more fully on the dossier. Flynn, who is believed to have been the one asking Comey, probing questions about the dossier's sources, appears to have been the intelligence community's first target in its effort to oust Trump to oust Trump to destroy Trump a democratically elected president of the United States the 45th president of the United States and they were trying to destroy him before he even got started and they continue it continues to this day so here come these talking heads they, they, they cheer on. They're cheerleaders for all of that misinformation going on yesterday about the economy. And then they, they just can't understand why Biden's speech isn't resonating with the general public. Chuck Schumer, by the way, he was caught. You can't really hear this that well. But he's out on the tarmac as the fake president is deplaning. And he gives them the rundown. He says, uh, yeah, we're struggling in, in a few races. Uh, I think we're doing okay in, in Nevada as far as the Senate goes. Uh, I can't believe the people of Georgia are getting behind Herschel Walker. And then, he, and then he says this about the debate between Fetterman and Oz on uh, Tuesday night. This is clip two. It looks like the debate didn't hurt us too much in Pennsylvania. They all know. They all know it was a train wreck. Never mind what they said. We played the montage for you yesterday. They all know it was a horrible performance by a man who needs to be home resting and recuperating, not running for office. But the goal is to just try to win at all costs. Look at the way these people operate, just with respect to Fetterman. Six months ago, Fetterman's team lied to the Democrat Party and uh, and hid the fact that he had had a stroke. And then, then when it comes out, the media, trying to help the Democrat Party, trying to help the Fetterman team, the media basically say, well, he's not fully recovered yet, but he will be soon. And then for the past four or five months, like I said yesterday, they were out there saying, hey, yeah, he's completely Completely recovered. He's he's doing fine. And then this yesterday from MSNBC: Disabled Americans have the right to be represented. Now he's disabled, but you are a bigot if you vote against him or if you even criticize him. You're a an, what is it? An ableist. You're anti. Uh, you're you're anti-disabled Americans. If you oppose him. It says here, disabled Americans have the right to be represented and, most importantly, to work. And that includes working for the U.S. government. (laughs) These are the same people who tried to destroy Trump, including by saying he was insane, that he had lost his mind, that he was in poor health. The same, the very same people. So, Trump, he's announcing yesterday all these campaign stops he's going to make. I've been saying this week it's coming down to Antiochus and Jeroboam. They're bringing out Obama. They're not going to send Biden in. The, and then Donald Trump, of course, is planning for his campaign stops over the next 10 days. And, and listen to this ex- another very revealing exchange. It's two Democrats. One of them's a radical Democrat, and then the other one is a Democrat who wonders if. These radical, demented ideas and policies are, 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 are prompting our, our party to go too far in its persecution of political opponents. Listen to this exchange also from MSNBC, clip uh, eight.
2: I would argue many Trump voters would be very upset being called authoritarian, but you're calling Trump
5: authoritarian. So let's agree. He is something that is not normal. He's a threat to democracy. He's not... What just- are you actually suggesting we do if Trump wins fair and square? Let's forget about any, like, foul play or anything like that. If he wins in 2024, what are you going to do? Are you going
2: All right, to respect that the result? Party. I mean, I don't Final accept word, the premise man. of your question. If he wins in 2024, let's forget the foul play. How can I forget the foul play when no, right now if, the Republican if Party is and trying to change and, state and the legislature rules, clear. voting rules? Shadi, right now, they are taking steps
5: to make sure that the 2024 oh. election is not a free okay. and fair election. You keep well, this just is pushing Mandy. that you're away. You're not willing you to, not willing to accept that outcome then. That's concerning no, not, to me. I'm not. Hold on. Hold
2: on. I, I'm, I'm willing to accept an outcome of a free and fair election. Shadi, as of right now, do you believe the 2024 election will be a free and fair election if black people are denied the right to vote,
5: if there is Wait, racist gerrymandering continues, right if that, election workers are threatened with death? Black people have been, t- th- the vote has been taken away from them? I it's mean, the first of being disenfranchised exa- in America. This is exaggerated Sorry, rhetoric that, is, that it's raising the existential wow. stakes. And what I would like each of us to do Have is to try to, to lower recently. the temperature. You're not willing to do Sha- that. Hold what, on, Shadi, what's... do
2: you not think our democracy is under threat? This is a very simple question. Shadi, Can stop I just the let, both sides. Just let me, okay. one party is trying let to me. overturn democracy okay, right 90. now. Please stop okay. the both sides.
5: Okay, when you raise the specter of a fascist threat, it justifies taking extraordinary measures to suppress that threat. And that's right. why sometimes people like the idea of suppressing democracy in order to save it. We think that so much is at stake that we have to do anything it takes to prevent Trump or any or someone like him from winning in 2024 that can lead to overreach I worry your rhetoric can lead us to do things we shouldn't do in a democratic context and for us as liberals to go too far into demonizing our our opponents and and the the other side
3: good for the guy on the right (laughs) they are they're going to these extraordinary measures spying on Trump going back to 2017 Uh, declaring Danchenko a a confidential source so that he can't be investigated, so that they can cover up their tracks. Look at what they're getting away with. And then there's the guy, the host of the show on the left, saying, don't come to me with this this argument about both sides. There's only one side that matters here, our side. And, And our side says that black people are being denied the opportunity to vote Black people can't vote in America. In 2022, he, he really believes that. It's so easy to vote in America that dead people can do it. Anyone can vote, even if you've died. But there he is, convinced. Convinced that blacks have been disenfranchised. They're, they're setting records in early voting all across the United States, just with a midterm election and and these people would have you to believe that voter suppression is coming from the Republican side. They're cheating on a massive scale. It's unbelievable, isn't it? To watch to watch this play out. The only thing that matters to these children, that's what they are, that's what your Bible says, the only thing matter the only thing that gets these children white hot rage filled with white-hot rage and anger is the political opposition. And they will throw democracy, the democracy that they cannot stop talking about, they will throw it right out the window in order to crush the other side. Speaking of the children, listen to what Tucker Carlson said last night on his program, Clip 4.
4: The problem is the people running the government are children. They- not only can't admit what they've done wrong, they don't even understand it. Little children,
3: it says in Isaiah 3. I've gone this week, I've mentioned that passage uh, multiple times about God taking away the leaders and the eloquent orators. And then it says that pretty much that children oppress. It's not talking about, you know, well, in some ways, little eight and nine, rebellious eight-year-olds, they do oppress society in a lot of ways. But it's talking about a, chi- a child's mentality oppressing our nations. Read it, Isaiah 3 and verse 12. Tucker went on to give some examples. This is clip five.
4: How's Kamala Harris responding to all of this? Well, she's responding to diesel shortage by telling you diesel's bad. Watch. I, I have a particular fondness, I must tell you, for electric school buses. I love electric school buses. <laughs> on a daily basis... 25 million children in our country every day go to school on those diesel-fueled school buses. And hundreds, thousands of school bus drivers are driving those buses, which are then these people, these children, these adults, are inhaling what is toxic air. So the lady... WHO NEVER HAD CHILDREN IS LECTURING YOU ABOUT CHILDREN. THE PERSON who's NEVER HAD A REAL JOB IS LECTURING YOU ABOUT ENERGY POLICY. THE WOMAN WHO TOLD YOU MASKS WOULD STOP COVID IS TELLING YOU ABOUT DIESEL FUMES AND THEIR EFFECT ON YOUR BODY. THIS IS A JOKE. THE TRUTH IS, THESE PEOPLE ARE BUMPING RIGHT SMACK UP AGAINST REALITY. And HERE'S THE REALITY. WE HAVE 25 DAYS TO AVERT ECONOMIC CATASTROPHE. CATASTROPHE IS WHAT WILL HAPPEN IF WE RUN OUT OF DIESEL FUEL. He's talking about that shortage in in diesel fuel that we uh, referred to earlier
3: in the week. Uh, but there he is saying, well, offering, you know, here's case in point. Th- they're out there saying we need electric school buses and more abortions. Vote Democrat. And then they can't understand why their, their message isn't resonating. This is from Politico. I think I'm about out of time. Maybe we can... Uh, Maybe we can take our our break, our mid-show break, which we need to get in on Friday's episodes in particular because of uh, weekend programming. So uh, we'll come back and tidy up a few more news items and also conclude today's show with a, a Bible study. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back.
0: This is KPCG-FM, and this is the Trumpet Daily. The developed nations have made awesome progress. They have produced a highly mechanized world, providing every luxury, modern convenience and means of pleasure. Yet they are cursed with crime. Violence, injustice, sickness and disease, broken homes and families. At the same time, more than one half the world is living in illiteracy, abject poverty, filth and squalor. Violence and destruction are rapidly multiplying. Many ask, why, if God exists, does he allow so much violence and human suffering? To understand the reason behind this astonishing paradox, request a complimentary copy of mystery of the ages we were born into this 20th century world as it is we take it for granted but we can't explain it it's like viewing a movie at a point already near the end we see what is occurring at that point but not having seen it from the beginning and not knowing how events developed to the point of viewing we simply cannot understand what we are seeing Mystery of the ages transports you back to the beginning of the movie to the foundation of this present evil world To learn more, please visit thetrumpet.com The Trumpet Daily
4: Now if you want to fix the economy You would make this country energy independent once again. You would bring back cheap energy. That will fix the economy quicker than anything else. In fact, it's the only thing that'll fix the economy. But the Biden administration, for whatever reason, has done the opposite, depleting our strategic petroleum reserve, for example. They just released another 15 million barrels the other day. Because they know that's running out, the White House is also begging foreign governments for help in the most humiliating possible way. BIDEN JUST WENT AND BEGGED THE SAUDIS IN SECRET FOR MORE OIL. AS THE NEW YORK TIMES REPORTED THIS WEEK, BIDEN'S TOP AIDES QUOTE, THOUGHT THEY HAD STRUCK A SECRET DEAL TO BOOST OIL PRODUCTION THROUGH THE END OF THE YEAR. BUT THEN THE SAUDI ROYAL FAMILY DECIDED NOT TO GO ALONG WITH IT. THEY'RE NOT RAMPING UP THEIR OIL PRODUCTION. THEY'RE DOING THE OPPOSITE. SAUDI'S OIL MINISTER IS NOW TELLING THE WEST TO BRACE FOR ENERGY SHORTAGES. WATCH THIS.
1: IT IS MY PROFOUND DUTY TO MAKE IT CLEAR TO THE WORLD that losing. Emergency stock may become painful in the months to come.
3: Attacked from within and without. That's the Saudi oil minister. I thought it was interesting at the top of uh, that clip, Tucker said, "If, if you want to fix the economy, you would make this country energy independent again. But they don't want to fix the economy. They want electric school buses. They want to carry on with their radical agenda, no matter the cost. Just listen to us and we'll tell you what's important. And then if we lose at the ballot box, democracy has been destroyed. If they want to do it, if they wanted to close the border, if they wanted to keep out the criminal element from the southern border or from coming through the southern border, They'd take some action, wouldn't they? This is from Issues and Insights. It says DHS's Customs and Border Protection Agency, finally after basically being forced into it, reported that it had encountered almost 2.8 million illegal border crossers in the past fiscal year, which ended September 30. That's up from 1.9 million last fiscal year. And it's more than four times the number in President Trump's last year in office. Four times worse than in Donald Trump's final year. But the number that you never hear about is the one that should scare you the most. That's the number of gotaways. These are illegal. The illegals who purposely evade border patrol agents, most of them just want to go right up to the border control agents because then they'll be taken to the detention facilities and then shipped all over the country and given money and free lodging and so on and so forth. But what about the ones who, who try to get away from border, border agents? Why would they want that? Well, because they're criminals, most of them. Those are the only ones that would conceivably be sent back. These are the illegals who purposely evade border patrol agents, most likely because they know that if they were caught, they're criminals, gang members, or would-be terrorists who, would, who, who know they wouldn't, they wouldn't get released into the wild. It says, how many Godaways are there? The CPB can only estimate, but they say that there are, they are aware of more than 600,000 over the last fiscal year and figure the number tops 1 million since Joe Biden took office. Who will pay for this flagrant dereliction of duty? It says you will. You will, ordinary Americans will. They'll be the ones on the receiving end of the crime or footing the bill for all of these social programs. One million getaways since Joe Biden came into office. You would think there'd be a few of the talking heads that would say, you know what? Never mind Roe v. Wade and electric school buses for a moment. What about the southern border? What about the catastrophe? At the southern border. Meanwhile, just to come back to Tucker's point about the nation being run by children, a childish mentality. This is from Politico. It says here the United States has accelerated the fielding of a more accurate version of its mainstay nuclear bomb to NATO bases in Europe. We're, we're actually speeding ahead with this project. We're spending more. This is Joe Obama. keep in mind. This is Obama's third term. And Obama is actually upping military spending. Whether it's to support Ukraine or to give Europe, NATO members, nuclear weapons. It says here, according to a U.S. diplomatic cable... And two people familiar with the issue. The arrival of the upgraded B61-12 airdropped gravity bomb, originally slated for uh, next spring, is now planned for this December. I mean, this is accelerating, even as other problems, catastrophic problems, are being ignored. Totally ignored. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It says U.S. officials told NATO allies during a closed-door meeting in Brussels... Says the move, which involves replacing older weapons with the newer version at various storage facilities in Europe for potential use by U.S. and allied bombers and fighter jets, comes amid heightened tensions over Russia's threats to use a nuclear weapon in Ukraine and growing concerns that the West needs to do more to deter Moscow from crossing that line. So we've got to really ramp it up in Europe. We've got to really make sure that uh, NATO has lots of upgraded new nukes on their soil. And, of course, you know what the trumpet has said over the years regarding all of these weapons, these American-made weapons that are just sitting there on European soil. There was a story earlier this year about the sale of F-35 fighter jets to Germany, America, just militarizing Germany. Our enemy from, what, just 75, 80 years ago? My father wrote in Europe's Nuclear Secret, this is, uh, this is from 2014. He said, America designed those hundreds of bombs to mount planes in their host country. And then he goes on and quotes this, this magazine article from Time uh, back in 2009. And then, uh, then my father says this a little bit further on. I think this is either him or we want to trust Germany, but history screams that we shouldn't. This is my father. He says, yet not only do we equip the Germans with our weapons, but we, we train their air force on American bases, such as Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico. We're, we're helping to militarize Germany. We're, we're giving Europe NATO members brand new nukes. We're giving tens of billions of dollars to the war effort in Ukraine to try to resist Putin. Who could have ever imagined that the media, the media that for so many years was just appease, 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 and now they're on board. They love them some warmongering. They love it. But, of course, the, the dirty little secret is that those weapons are going to be turned on us. They're going to be turned on the United States. There's a, you know, this is all happening, by the way, when Britain is in turmoil, we had a lovely lady staying with us for a few days helping with our dance program who comes from Britain, and she just talked about the revolving door of the, the prime minister's position. They've, they've got three now. Just this year, there's an article in the New Statesman, Britain's political chaos has turned it into an international cautionary tale. Listen to this. It says, a, com- a complex country is reduced to a parable, a-, a proverb. If that sounds familiar to you, it comes right out of the book of the Bible. Uh, Deuteronomy, I should say. Deuteronomy 28, I'll-, I'll read it in a second. But it says here, and that is precisely what is now happening in the UK's international reputation to the UK's international reputation too. It says, to most in the Federal Republic, speaking of Germany and beyond, Britain is a once reliable country that took a wrong turn and continues to demonstrate the folly of doing so with every new lurid act of self-sabotage, the parable has taken over. Britain is a lesson, a meme, a shorthand, and it will take a lot to change that. This is exactly what's happening to the United States. You could say the same thing about the U.S., putting forward demented candidates, just going on and on about abortion and electric school buses even as Saudi Arabia just snubs us. It says here, Britain is a lesson. You could say the same of America. America is a lesson, a meme, a shorthand. It's going to take a lot to change that. This verse in in Deuteronomy, I'll read it to you. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 37, it says, and you shall become an astonishment. This is what's prophesied to happen to our nations in the last days. You shall become an astonishment, a proverb and a byword among all nations, whither the Lord shall lead you. You know, it's, it's easy to focus, perhaps a little too much, on the problems that we see in Ephraim and Manasseh, but don't forget about what's happening to the nations abroad. Don't forget about what's going on in Germany or what's being, what's being delivered to NATO members. New, new, brand new nuclear weapons. Don't forget about the rise of the kings of the east, China and Russia and that alliance. Speaking of news from abroad, we'll take a, a short break here with, not a promo, but with our, uh, our two-minute uh, week in review that's, uh, that's produced, we're trying to produce it each week anyway, from our Ed Stone office. We'll be right back.
6: Japan has started its largest rearmament since World War II. In an effort to deter China from making any radical moves in Taiwan, which would threaten Japan's shipping lanes, Japan has announced that they will double their defense spending within the next five years. This extra money will go towards longer range missiles and updated fighter jets. They have also held talks with Indonesia and Australia concerning defense packs and an intel sharing pact with Canada. This is a big jump for Japan, a nation which was forbidden to have a military since World War II. As Europe approaches winter, civil unrest is expected to increase as energy prices only get higher. Veriski's latest report on its civil unrest index found that more than 50% of the almost 200 countries covered experienced an increase in mass mobilization risk between the second and the third quarter of 2022. Over the past few years, Europe has been hit with multiple crises, such as inflation, mass immigration, lockdowns, and now they are entering a long, dark and cold winter as Russia weaponizes their energy. For the past few weeks, Nigeria has been hit with its worst floods since 2012. 600 people have been killed thus far, and vast amounts of farmlands have been destroyed. Nigeria is one of the largest gas exporters in sub-Saharan Africa, exporting billions of cubic meters to Europe. This is a tragedy that may very well impact more than just Nigeria, as Europe already faces an extreme gas shortage. Iran has joined the fight in Ukraine by providing Russia with additional drones, missiles and trainers to help Russian troops launch drone attacks. It is not certain how many Iranian troops are there but 10 have been reported killed thus far. This is the first major European conflict that Iran has been involved in.
0: Trumpet Daily. You could see
3: the uh, the toll-free number there at the end of that uh, week in review. I'll just uh, repeat it here for a second. Any of the literature I mentioned America Under Attack a moment ago, you saw some literature advertised there in that uh, news update. The number is 1-866-930-3024. That's a toll-free number if you call in the United States or if you're from Canada, the Caribbean, we'll even uh, pay for the, the phone call. Uh, and we'd love to send you some free literature. There's no cost, no obligation. We just need to know the mailing address so that we can ship it out just as soon as possible. Yesterday, we talked about the importance of true Christian fellowship and, uh, and the art of Christian conversation. Herbert Armstrong wrote, he said, much of this spiritual character development comes through Christian fellowship with other spiritually begotten people in God's church. This, uh, this, uh, the two go together. Christian fellowship and growth in spiritual character, which is one reason we're here in God's family, to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to grow in spiritual character. And an important way that we do this is by conversing with others of like mind. We do have so much to talk about in God's family, given what we know, given what our minds have been opened to understand. This is from James 4, verse 11. I read through quite a few verses from chapter 3 yesterday. But it says in James, Speak not evil one of another, brethren. James is directing this to the brethren in the church. It says, He that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. We're here to be doers. That You can see more on that in James 2. That book is packed with uh, a lot of memory verses, a lot of admonition uh, about conversation and fellowship. This is from our booklet, the James booklet. Again, you can call our operators and request your free copy It says, again, James returns to the theme of controlling our tongues. This epistle says more about this subject than any book in the Bible. It says here, watch what you say, James says, because what you say is what you are. If we are not careful, we can flagrantly break God's law just by our words. God wants his people to obey his law in spirit and in detail says if you love people that shows that you love God's law if you speak evil of God's family you're speaking evil of God's law it's that important let's look through a number of verses in the book of Ephesians this is from Ephesians 4 and 5 mostly and and we'll just hit again some of the high spots or some of the verses that really pertain to what we've been studying here the last couple of days Verse 14 of Ephesians 4, it says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. See, there's a lot of deceivers in this world. And you hear a lot about that in the first segment of this show every day. And God doesn't want us to be like little children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, just some new thing. He wants us to be strong and and stable spiritually. He wants us to be feeding on strong meat and not just the milk of the Word. It says in verse 15, "...but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ." Speak the truth and make sure it's motivated by godly love. Make sure love is motivating the truth. There's some things that shouldn't be said, even if it is true. We should learn to bite our tongue at times. Now, there's certainly a lot of love coming from a brother who who will confront an issue or go to his brother if there's a problem between the two. Matthew 18 discusses this. So that's important to do. But speak the truth in love, Paul says, down in verse 24 it says, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for you are sorry, for we are members one of another. Now imagine a time when this is, this is going on all over the world. This is coming. When God's kingdom is set up on this earth, when the first fruits experience their birth into the family of God and Jesus Christ is ruling from the throne of David in Jerusalem, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, Luke 1, 30 through 33. Read those verses. This is, this is the heart of the gospel message that Jesus proclaimed, the soon coming kingdom of God. Imagine a time When uh, no one lies, when every man speaks truth with his neighbor, when there's no more deceit or dishonesty, no more lying words. Verse 29, this is still in Ephesians 4, it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Make sure it's useful. Make make sure it's edifying. Make sure it upbuilds. That it doesn't tear down. That it ministers grace to the hearers, to the audience. This is from an article Joel Hilliker wrote uh, in 2002. Wow, 20 years ago. He says here again: If the Logos is living in us, then the words that we utter should be pure. Edifying means they should build up promoting other people's growth in Christian wisdom, piety, happiness, and holiness. It says, if our speech is giving grace, it is giving goodwill, loving kindness, or favor. It is speech that turns people to Christ. It increases their faith and knowledge. It kindles them to exercise Christian virtues. It's a good example. Jesus said to let our lights shine it's so easy particularly when you're you know you're i know on campus i tell the students here quite often it's like you're living in a bubble their interactions with you know the world are uh, more limited than than most of God's people and if you're out in the field and if you're working with the crew a lot of times there's just going to be a lot of inappropriate communications that's just the way of this world and it's easy it would be very easy To just follow along or to be influenced negatively by that evil communication. Hold that standard high, as Paul says here in Ephesians 4, verse 30, it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Don't grieve or distress the Holy Spirit of God by communicating with one another the way that they do in the world. It says here in verse 31: Let all bitterness and truth and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Just put it away. Put away evil speaking. Put away even the, the bad attitudes that can sometimes, <laughs> that can sometimes uh, hurt friendships or divide people. Verse 32, it says, And be you kind one to another, tender-hearted forgiving one another even as God even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. God just wants us to follow his example to speak and to communicate like he speaks like Jesus Christ speaks to be followers of Jesus Christ to become perfect even as our father in heaven is perfect. That's Matthew 5 and verse 48. Continuing on here in Ephesians 5, the next chapter, verse 1 says, Be you therefore followers of God, as dear children, be followers of God. Paul, over and again in his writings, says, Now follow me as I follow Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. We've got to follow that example out front. Jesus Christ, of course, is the pace setter. He's the head of the church. And look at the communication that he fills this church with. We were at the Feast of Tabernacles and the last great day just a couple of weeks ago, and every day, I mean, it was like a spiritual, uh, bountiful harvest as God was communicating with his family, just giving us this beautiful vision of hope, this vision of tomorrow. Verse 4 in Ephesians 5 says, "...neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks." Foolish talking can so easily degenerate into sinful, evil communication. Even humor, you have to be careful with it. Most people use it as a weapon in this world. God has a sense of humor. And as I said yesterday, there's a place for sarcasm here and there. But you just have to be so careful. It's just so easy to hurt people with inappropriate humor. It says in verse 19, this is Ephesians 5, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the eternal. This is how we should speak to one another. This is how our fellowship should be oriented. It should be oriented around God. This is why communication and fellowship in the church, within God's family, is so different than anything you would experience in the world. And again, you have to have some interactions with the world. We, we do have to let our lights shine. We have to be an example. A good example is going to attract <laughs> some attention and, and provoke some questions from time to time. That's the way God wants it. It says in verse 20, "...giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ." Just be thankful. Have a merry heart. Communicate in in hymns and songs. Verse 21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And then it goes right on into that passage at the end of Ephesians 5 about marriage. Why marriage? And defining the roles of husband and wife. And of course, with respect to marriage and family, I mean, communication is like a foundation for that relationship. If you have a husband and wife who don't communicate well, then, well, the marriage suffers. Something that we have to work at. We bring this out in our marriage and family class here at the college. Just a few Proverbs and Psalms that I'll rattle off here at the end. You can jot these down or just enjoy hearing them, I suppose. Uh, But it's definitely uh, a study uh, that can take you all over the Bible because there's just so much. There's so much in the Bible on this subject. Psalm 19 and verse 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let, Let my words, let whatever comes out of my mouth be acceptable to God. Psalm 37, verse 30, it says, The mouth of the righteous speak wisdom, and his tongue talks of judgment, it says. The law of his God is in his heart. It says, none of his steps shall slide. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, not foolishness, not like a little child, but a mature thinking, true Christian, a righteous individual, Proverbs 10 and verse 19, it says, In the multitude of words, there once not sin, but he that refrains his lips is wise. <laughs> so there's a balance. You know, good listening factors into this as well, this, this overall growth and character development. If there's two people conversing, both are going to have to listen as well. It says in verse 20, The tongue of the just is as uh, choice silver, the heart of the wicked, is little worth. It says, The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. The lips of the righteous, they feed many. We're the teachers of tomorrow. We're going to be communicating a lot with God's children. That's a wonderful calling. Proverbs 12, now, verse 18, it says, There is that speaks like the, the piercings of a sword but the tongue of the wise is health. You see, the tongue of the wise promotes health and, and upbuilding in the family. It says, The lip of truth shall be established forever. That's verse 19 of Proverbs 12. But a lying tongue is but for a moment. A lying tongue, so much damage. It says in Proverbs 15, verse 4, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Verse 7 of that chapter says, The lips of the wise disperse knowledge. Verse 23 of Proverbs 15, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. So much joy, so much goodness, so much education, so much understanding and knowledge and truth coming from a godly communicator. Proverbs 16 and verse 24, it says, Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. My father writes in the James booklet, if we speak words of wisdom, we bring joy and encouragement. Our tongue produces spiritual honey. Some beautiful Proverbs and Psalms. Hopefully it will inspire you to turn loose on a study uh, on this subject. You're listening to Stephen Flurry and this is is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining us on today's show. We appreciate you joining us all week, and we'll see you next time.